are back second episode of the third season i hope you're excited um so for today's episode i am joined by another special guest would you like to introduce yourself my name is mariam um i want to cast best friends <laughs> um i'm studying medicine and my interests lie in psychiatry I'm super excited to have her on the show today because we're going to, I know we've been talking a lot about like my personal mental health, but now let's talk about like y'all's too. Anyway, <laughs> anyway we're going to start with our first segment, This Week in Politics. So you may or may not be surprised that Republicans have yet again failed <laughs> to vote on a bill to repeal. Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure many of you remember the campaign promise of repeal and replace. But as Donald Trump said, and I quote, no one knew that <laughs> creating a health care bill would be this hard. Well, oh no shit, God. dude. No shit. And he literally says that about every problem, though. <laughs> He said that about DACA, too. Right. And, like, like, multiple other situations. No one knew that being president was going to be this hard. Okay. (laughs) No one knew the most important position in this nation would be so hard. It's just, like, ridiculous. Can't even take him seriously. Do you have anything to add? Um, Just my personal opinion on healthcare is... The ACA was never meant to be a one-off fix-all. It was like, its main purpose was to just make sure everyone was insured. And because it's in effect, like, everyone is insured, it's probably not the best system, but, like, obviously no one has come up with anything better. And, like, over time, I'm sure we can make the ACA something that Americans, you know, can use. Yeah. And I mean, I find it like pretty usable and I appreciate like the, the value that like women's healthcare is, that is placed on women's healthcare because uh, some of the bills that have been going through or well, that they have been trying to figure out whether or not they wanted to vote on would eliminate things like maternity care <laughs> because, you know, we don't need children for the survival right. of our species, our population, whatever, no big deal. Um, and it just, sucks to see to have like a group of old men 100 percent agree yeah decide the fates of like you and me i feel like a lot of times politicians in general are more concerned about the now right when they need to like think about the future right and that's gonna like have to sacrifice you're gonna have to make sacrifices now to make future generations better you know right totally they're whatever i mean like a lot we can say a lot of horrible shit about (laughs) present day uh senate i mean you know my personal shining star maxine waters she's in there she's reclaiming her time she's inspired me but they not all of them can be maxine waters we just aren't that blessed you can only have one maxine waters one beyonce one oprah one (laughs) michelle obama like it's i get it but like don't be so mediocre you know (laughs) white republicans you know who you are um (laughs) so on today's episode um i really want to get into how i really want to get into like mental health and within communities of color because as you guys have been listening to the last season and like you know me going through depression and 
And then I would, de- and I'm definitely going to say that the point where I knew that my depression was unsustainable and like I was really becoming unstable was after Trump was elected straight up. Like that's when I was just like, man, I actually do need to get treatment because I am going to go down a dark, dark hole. And, and it's just like, so interesting. It's just like mental health was, it isn't something that I've talked about a lot in my family and my family tends to ignore like my, when my cousin was 21, he had his first bipolar episode and no one like no one likes to talk about that in my family and we and like ever since then like he's been kind of like hidden in the corner which is just super fucked up yeah and so like i i told my mom when i had depression i told my mom i had depression i was seeing a psychiatrist and she just couldn't understand she was just like but but there's nothing wrong with you like almost as if it's like normal to feel depression which is crazy (laughs) yeah that is crazy and it's like sad that people of color feel that way because often like mental health problems and like um like such as depression and bipolar um disorder are seen as white people problems right you always see like the white girl with the eating disorder or like depression as a suburban mom who like needs to be on pill who needs her xanax right right so I think it's important that people of color, I think it's important that people of color like understand the signs of mental health. And just kind of like understand it's not necessarily a white person problem. Yeah. And, and that like, just because they're not a, like they aren't okay and right. it's okay to seek treatment. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I want to add that, um, Mar- Miriam, I will let you tell your ethnicity. <laughs> Um, so my parents are from Bangladesh, but I was like born here, raised here. So I'm like Bangladeshi American. Um, I just wanted people to know that you're not white. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, because like we were really going to get into depth about communities of color, um, and battling mental health. And do you have any like personal experience within your family? Like, I know that, you know, as you're studying psychiatry right now, you, you may see some interesting things or have made some like interesting observations. Mm-hmm. Um, and has any, have you like gone home to visit your family and been like, Oh yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There's definitely, I think across cultures where like, um, mental health isn't, um, like brought to light where people are just like, um, you're just sad, like get over it. Right. Like, um, or, bit, or like through prayer, as if you could. Or like through prayer, like these thoughts you're having, um, it's because you're not right with God. You need to um, strengthen your faith. Um, the visions you're seeing, the things that you're hearing, these are like demons. When no, like in reality, you probably need to seek help, you know? Yeah. That's like not a religious person, like specifically someone with a medical degree who has like studied the brain. <laughs> right. Um, and just from like, cause my family's Muslim. So mm-hmm. like that is like something like, oh, you need to pray and everything will get better. Uh, that's not the only thing that's going to help you. You know, you need to understand that um, the way you're feeling is um, significant and if you want to seek treatment, you should. And 
you shouldn't be judged for that because you're bettering yourself, you know? Definitely. And just like, I just know in the Desi community, it's like very um, taboo to like seek mental health treatment. Maybe even like across cultures. Just, yeah. But like, why wouldn't you want to? That's like my main concern. Because like mental health, it's like your brain, maybe like your most important right. organ. <laughs> like if you had high blood pressure or diabetes, you would definitely be going to the doctor for that. Why not with your mental health? You know, I completely agree. And I just like, you know, I think about our backgrounds and kind of how, um, cause like, as y'all know, like I have my dad immigrated to America, your parents immigrated, um, and they, and we kind of have to like think about the issue and the impact of like colonization and colonialism yeah. and how it's, and what it's done within our communities, <clears throat> especially as like we become, as like our generation um, become Americanized and the values we learn and how we accept mental health. I feel like first generation kids, like they're going through a lot of, um, stuff that like people haven't really dealt with, you know, like the people who, who like are typically that you're going to go see, like if you are seeking help, probably don't understand what you're going through. And, um, yeah, I like, I totally get that because like I specifically chose my psychiatrist because she was a black female and bonus points for having like being a um, first generation or second generation. Which one? I always get so confused whether I'm like first or second. But you're I'm well, your dad was an immigrant, yeah. So you'd be like first, first. Okay, yeah. Okay, I just like I always get faint that mixed up. But like she's also like a first generation um west africa uh west african black woman and i'm just like and she totally gets me and so like when i talk about all of the stress within my workplace and being in this all-white setting where i find everyone to be completely unrelatable to me and how like stressful and how i don't feel like i have allies and this like this whole thing she she gets in she can see that from my perspective and from my lens and understands the intersectionality between the between racism sexism and how that impacts my mental health yeah i think that's really important for um like patients just to have that available someone who knows where you're coming from someone that can relate and you know understand what you're going through because if your therapist or your psychiatrist um, doesn't has limited understanding, then you're asking them to bear your burdens. Like you can't really relate. It could affect the patient where they start minimizing their hardships, um, seeing what they're going through as not um, important. They try to fit the white centric white centric sorry, white centric (laughs) understanding of what mental health is um, and what mental disorders look like. Yeah. And it's just so interesting to think about how racism really does play this like big role in getting treated. So like, let's say that you, you're from a community of color and then you actually take the steps to get treated and you, you're talking to this like white guy who doesn't understand like 
what you're what you're truly going from or the trauma that you experience within like being a person of color so like for example like if you if you, you saw somebody if you saw like ugh, this is kind of a horrible example because it's really sad but like if you saw someone get shot by a police officer or even seeing it go viral on social media like so yeah. many instances of like black like black lives being in black bodies being taken away by um the the very people who are set out to protect us like i don't feel like he's gonna understand like how even looking at these videos it's just like this repeated trauma um to you because it's just like he can only as i know that i can only see my perspective through like a black female queer american lens i can only see like he can only see his perspective right. through the same way so it's just like i it's, it's so hard to like, figure out how how can he sympathize or empathize or treat like give you proper treatment without at least having some understanding of what the struggle of like your particular struggle mm-hmm. and like it, i don't expect you know a psychologist or psychiatrist to be like 100% like, Oh no, I totally get it. But perspective really can change the situation. Right. Um, and then just going back to like the white centric, um, idea of what mental health is. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of the times, especially with like black people, they're not allowed to be depressed. Like they're allowed to be ratchet. They're allowed to be ghetto. (laughs) But like there might be they're probably acting out in a way because their mental health isn't being addressed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. And just um, I always bring up the um, that incident where the girl, the young girl at school was like tackled by a security officer because she was acting out in class. But why was like no one tried to understand why she was acting out? What was going on at home? Like what was she going through? Maybe if those issues were addressed this wouldn't have happened you know right and definitely and i that's an amazing point because so often our be like behaviors behaviors treated so differently among race lines so it's just like oh this like black girl is acting out well obviously because it's because she has no home training and Mm -hmm. because like she wasn't raised correctly and you know she's just like she's just a black girl like what do I can't expect good behavior from her. Like that's that's complete and utter, utter bullshit. No one, and you're you're just so right that no one takes the time to sit down, like to think about if she is in the midst of experiencing trauma and can't cope with it and can't process it. And there's mm-hmm. no one there, like sitting with her. I mean, like let's yo, know, let's talk about it. Like how can I help you? It's just like I like I know when I was young, I act like sometimes I would act out. And like the first thing that would do is immediate punishment by like, mm-hmm. how about you sit? Like, how about we, you know, sit and have a conversation so that you can understand like my, my behaviors and so that I can, you know, process and don't and adjust my behaviors in the future. Right. And, and I just feel like when we see mental health, so like when a white guy shoots up a church or a school or, um, <laughs> anywhere, uh, when, it's like, oh, he he's a troubled boy. He's, he's misunderstood. He's like, 
Yeah. <laughs> he was bullied. Right. So that's why he's doing this. And there's this level of forgiveness right, for exactly. this murderer, like this heinous murderer. But like if this if the same thing were to happen in a black or brown community, it's just like, oh, they're savages, they're animals. They're like, savages, they're terrorists. Right. Um this is because of like their religion or this right. is how like they really feel not because they were pushed a certain way. Exactly, exactly. And it's just it's, and it's just like how do you how like do you process this and how do you like begin to like, heal from these traumas? Um yeah, so something I wanted to mention about um just dealing with post traumatic stress. Mm-hmm. Um how you deal with it is basically you have to accept that you went through a trauma and that you need to understand that you're no longer going through that trauma so that you can move on. But then there's the question of what if your trauma is a result of racism and racism is ongoing. It's ongoing. It's It's omnipresent. It's constant. So how do you feel safe? How do you um, move on when you're constantly, you know, labeled a terrorist. You're constantly, Oh, that black girl, you know, How do you feel safe? How do you heal if you're just always met with racism? Right. And if you are, then you're not going to be able to recover. This is something um, like a lot of times I hear like uh, when you are are actually in therapy and Mm -hmm. like seeking help, um, there's like this thing that's like taught psychologically you need like a... You can, like, get better without, like, a social support system. Like, oh, you need to love yourself first before you can heal. But I don't know. I feel like you need to be loved and feel loved before you can love yourself, you know? And I I totally get that. I I know that, like, I'll say, like, well... You know, I a lot of it comes from like self love, or or if people are like, oh, like where you get your confidence, but it's just like no, I was built up by like my friends, especially in college, mm-hmm. yeah. like, having such like wonderful people around me to love me and to be there for me and help me feel secure as a person. Like, yo, community is everything, and right? Really exactly, feel, like, community drives everything that we do. So to think that like self love totally important but i don't know if you can really get there without uh it shouldn't be in steps it should be like a cohesive yeah definitely definitely i totally feel you well and then oh no go ahead um i just wanted okay so how do you know you need to seek help or you want to see a psychiatrist or psychologist or just even a therapist um one you want to um two you're having trouble functioning um, the way that you used to, um, you're having trouble functioning the way you want to. Um, you have a significant amount of emotional distress, particular areas of your life, whether it be school, work, money, health, sleep, and health, um, family relationships, romantic relationships. Um, if they're not going the way that you want, you can like get help to develop skills or whatnot. Um, 
if you're having trouble in a relationship, I think like a lot of times, like that's also looked down upon. Oh, you're going through this because you just broke up with someone like that's like, get your shit together, you know? Like, but some people like other people's struggles are different than yours. Like sometimes you need help to get through something like that. And I think that's okay. Um, you're feeling suicidal or you want to self-harm. And again, just because you want you yeah. want it. You need you want it. I, I love like the very first point that you put out, which is just like, because you want to. Yeah. <laughs> why do I, why why should I go see someone? Because I want to, because I feel like it. Like no one even like, no one is one hundred percent mentally healthy. Right. Even if you just have to go and get a tune up, you could your life could be going great. Just like, you know, cars need tune ups. People need to know. (laughs) And just don't like fuck what your, anyone in your family thinks, fuck what your friends think. Exactly. And I think it's very stigmatized to try to seek help when you're just like trying to better yourself. Exactly. Exactly. And for like all you insecure fans who are finally excited that in season two that Molly went to therapy, even though she is so closed up to her therapist, I'm just like proud. I'm, I'm also really proud that like, the way that therapy is displayed on that show um, and excited that like mental health, like black mental health is even a topic. So yeah, go Issa Rae, love Insecure. I love, season I love Insecure. Who like, who does that? It's like the best show on television. I swear. I'm going to admit I haven't seen season two yet, but what? that's only because I'm, I want to binge it. Oh yeah. <laughs> but I think it's over. Yeah, right? It's over. Yeah. yeah. A few weeks ago. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, okay. I'm going to stop, like, gawking over Issa Rae all of her magic. But speaking of black girl magic. She's a cover girl now, by yes, the way. I saw she's, oh, my God, her skin is so flawless. Like, she's just, like, in season two, she's just glowing. Like, it's just, like, a full adult glow up. It's <laughs> amazing. I just absolutely love, she, I, I'm obsessed, obviously. Um, <laughs> Who isn't? Yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's me, Cher, one of your hosts of I Need an Adult Podcast, and want to let you know that we have a live show coming at you on October 8th. You can learn all about that at chicagopodcastfestival.org. We're going to be performing at the Chicago Theater Works at 1113 West Belmont at 7.30, along with Unlearn, which is hosted by Kat, another fabulous host of I Need an Adult Podcast, and Race Bait, hosted by Tiny Richardson. Learn more about all that, including ticket info at chicagopodcastfestival.org. Going into our final segment, we're going to be doing Black Girl Magic, White Boy Tragic. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Nielsen recently put out a study discussing how black women are major players in the consumer market and are projected to spend um, up to $1.5 trillion by 2021. So, 
all of you makeup companies, I know we just mentioned, and I'm very specifically talking to the makeup companies because I have developed a YouTube makeup tutorial obsession as well as a hair tutorial obsession <laughs> recently. So it's kind of the only thing that I think about. <laughs> um, and, you know, like the second that Fenty Beauty went out where Rihanna had every single human shade and it was it became damn near impossible to find uh <laughs> the darker shades so like i i'm not gonna be able to get my shade for a really long time so i'm gonna have to wait but like having Issa Rae become cover girl having janelle monet maybelline like one of those things like um. having more black women and women of color uh represented in these markets is just is extremely extremely important in so many ways because for so long um people of darker skin tones have been ignored completely in the beauty market yeah uh, and just to have options like you know i, I love me some like the defense was always um oh like it's not gonna look right or like we can't get the formula to like to look right and it's just like then that's harder. bs exactly <laughs> exactly why wouldn't really... you want like a broader exactly. like consumer base right base. just yeah. like you do you like money i like money you could make more money because black women got it and we're <laughs> educated and like straight up anyway uh that I found to be really interesting. And, you know, I've been like watching intensely uh, as Fenty Beauty has taken over the beauty world. And when Fenty they- Beauty, like, it needs to like blow the fuck up. Like, it needs to put Kylie whatever to shame. Yes. Yes. Like, <sighs> yes. Fucking Kylie. Like, yeah, no, I, the one thing that like honestly really truly impressed me is that they have shades for, um, women who are albino yeah and i'm just like she considered she literally considered everyone that's inclusive that's inclusiveness yeah take note maybelline and cover girl and l'oreal and all you other fuck boys and fuck girls out there (laughs) that's inclusivity okay so for white boy tragic (laughs) just you know the i i wanted to just be like the general administration is all i need to say for white boy tragic but let's really get into it let's talk about you know instead of focusing on the devastation in puerto rico our president's all like fuck the nfl yes puerto rico and i'm like surprised it's actually scary how much people don't realize that it's part of america do they do they really not did they think that they were special because they didn't need their passports to get there it's just like how do you not realize that? Okay. I mean, that's no, that's sad. That's, it's, it's more scary than sad. Yeah. It's, People need to educate themselves. Wow. Google mm. exists. It's right. 2017. <laughs> <laughs> like that should have definitely been learned in school. Yeah. Um, like fifth grade, but you know, whatever. Or whenever you learn your states and capitals. Yeah. But uh, since I mean, we, it's not a state, but it's still yeah. it's a territory. It's so a territory. come on. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So like um, Trump has been beefing with the NFL so hard that he can't seem to really focus on anything else. And the NFL and are showing out, showing up and showing out in mad numbers. 
But so this is like now they're showing up. They're now. showing up now. Like when last year when Colin Kaepernick was t- like kneeling, getting so much hate, people buying his jersey just to burn, burn it, it, which is like also stupid. Why yeah. would you waste your money on that to he burn it? A, like I'm whatever. pretty sure he got a cut from right. that. Right, probably got some money. <laughs> fucking idiots. But well, like, so when he was again, like, I didn't see anyone with his back. Like I didn't see you know none of his teammates had his back and. The next season, he becomes untouchable. Like, no team wants to deal with him. But now, now that, like, the president is pissed, like, fucking livid, they're just, I feel like they're just doing it more to piss it's, off the president. It, yeah, it's more the take a knee has, like, become, at least for white people, a fuck you to Trump. Right. When it, and that takes away from, like, what it was Colin's trying to do. Right. It's supposed to be about black lives. Right. And, police brutality it's right. not okay so it's just it's fucked up that they co-opted the black lives move matters movement for like their own political stand i mean i'm all down for our political stands and freedom of assembly and all the all of the beautiful bill of rights but all like, these like yeah but like all these owners, <laughs> all these owners were like oh we're gonna lock arms and take a knee why don't right. you give colin a contract exactly exactly <laughs> Y'all some fake hoes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that wraps up our show today. Hope you learned something or unlearned something. Uh, moral of this show, go see go see a therapist because Get you help. want to. Because you want to and you feel like you need it and your feelings are valid. Yes. Yes, your feelings are valid. That's an excellent point. All right. So time for the credits. You can like us on Facebook at Unlearn. Follow us on Twitter at Unlearn underscore shy. Write to us at unlearnpodcast at gmail.com. You can check out our website at unlearnpodcast.com. Thanks to James C. Green for our music and graphics. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And I mean, like wherever you find your your preferred podcasts provider um hit subscribe radar show check out other post loudness shows featuring plenty of talented queer female and poc voices just like you heard today um and don't forget to buy tickets to our live show we have two post loudness shows unlearned um as well as a new show with me share and alex the co-founders of post loudness um i need an adult we're on the same ticket check the description for a link to access the uh ticket and we really really would love to see you at our first live show thanks Bye. Bye.